In this multidimensional world, much of which is invisible to the eye, a group of non-physical entities have come here to expand our knowledge of how the universe works. These non-physical teachers are called Joshua, and they convey their teachings through Gary Temple Bodley. Each week, Gary, with a selection of Law of Attraction experts, open up a roundtable of thought-provoking discussions surrounding the teachings of Joshua. Joshua's intention is to bring clarity to the listeners through the ever-expanding Law of Attraction by looking at reality from a new perspective. Welcome to the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Hello, everyone. This is Episode 9 of the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley. Today is December 5, 2015. This episode is about inspiration, motivation, and action. What's the vibrational difference between inspiration and motivation? What is inspired action? How does inspired action leverage the powers of the universe? Today we will talk about the subject of action and how to take inspired action to fulfill your desires. We will also discuss Joshua's quote of the week. The question of the week comes from Cassandra, who has a talent but doesn't know how to use it. On the roundtable today, we have Steve Finitza. Hi, Steve. Hello, Gary. And Janine Kalikovic. Hi, Janine. Hi, Gary. Nice to be here with everyone. And Michael Kutzen. Hi, Mike. How are you doing, Gary? Very good. Glad you guys could be with us today. This is going to be a really interesting subject. It comes from chapter six of Joshua's first book, Perception of Reality, and it's all about inspiration, motivation, and action. Um, but before we get going on this, we're, the whole theme of this is action for this week. Uh, the question of the week is an action-oriented question, and the quote of the week is an action-oriented quote that comes from Joshua. Um, if you want to see these quotes that are really cool, they're photographs that my friend Deborah Joe turns, you know, you know, uses some software and adds quotes to these great photographs. This one is of a honeybee, I think, um, eating pollen. And it's like a super close-up. It's a really cool picture. Um, but we'll go ahead and start with Janine. Could you go ahead and read that quote? Yes, absolutely. In order to change your behavior, you must change your thoughts and words. When you add energy to words and thoughts, you add energy to your actions. Inspired action is the most powerful tool of creation. Inspired action creates inspired results. Joshua. Cool. So this is, um, I guess, sort of an idea that a lot of people talk about inspired action, but it's sort of hard to know what the difference between inspired action is compared to like motivation, which I've always been really into motivation and, you know, getting myself up and to go do sales or whatever. But what Joshua is saying is that the only action that really leverages the powers of the universe is inspired action. And inspired action is something that you are drawn to do, that is fun, exciting, that you really want to do it. If you don't want to be doing anything, then the action is not inspired and the results are limited. So in this case, in order to change your behavior, you must change your thoughts and words. So it's interesting to think that your behavior is sort of dictated by the words and thoughts that you're constantly thinking or constantly talking about. It's not just that your reality springs forth from what you're thinking about and what you're talking about, but actually your behavior as well. When you add energy to your words and thoughts, 
when you're thinking about what you're saying and what you're thinking about, you add energy to your action. And from this state, you can feel when action is inspired or when you, when you have like this inspiration to do stuff. And then inspiration, inspired action is the most powerful tool of creation. Um, when we, you know, when I reread this chapter last night and this morning, it really shows, you know, the first thing that, that Joshua talks about is, you know, you can go to your backyard, dig a hole in the ground, fill it with water, and that's a manifestation. You've actually created something there, but it's not the swimming pool of your dreams. So there's a total difference between doing something and then doing something that's inspired. What do you guys think about that? Well, I think, you know, that's a great example of it. You know, there's always the difference between going and forcing yourself to do something. <clears throat> and I'm sorry, I'm actually a little hoarse today. I can uh, see that the weather has changed up there. And, <laughs> and it sounds like you're a little snuffy. <laughs> you know what? I'm, you know, I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to give it a Kanahura, as my mother would say, because so far I'm the healthiest one in the house. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 having said that, you know, it's a real difference between forcing yourself to doing something and, you know, and I think we all as adults know that we when we feel we've got to get something done. Yes, we can drag ourselves out of bed and yes, we can go to work and yes, we can do you know, we can meet the deadline that we've got to meet. But is it going to be something that that generates a really wonderful manifestation? Is right. it something that's going to be inspired? And I think that's the real difference that is being pointed out in both the example that Joshua gave as well as the quote. Is it something that really that sings to our hearts, that right. makes us want to go and where the time flows effortlessly and where we just say at the end of the day, wow. Not only did the you know not only was that amazing to work on, but I don't even know where the time went when I was doing it. Right, that's the ideal. And so, are you guys doing that now? Is what is the things that you're doing? Is that you know your passion? Are you inspired to do these things? I think I am. Um, honestly, yeah. I listen to that now, um, and it's something actually I've learned over the years. But I'm definitely practicing it more now because when you are inspired to do something, like like Michael said, it, it's effortless, and it and time time just flies on by. And on top of that, it doesn't even feel like work because you're right. passionate about what you're doing. Sometimes when I'm into doing something, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, where did the time go? You have like no idea. Versus if I've, I've done things before that I had to do out of commitment, um, honoring a commitment, and I've watched the clock. Oh, my gosh, is this ever going to end? Type exactly. Of thing. It just doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. I think the more that you spend doing stuff that you're passionate about, too, the harder it is to make, uh, you know, to make commitments to do things that you don't want to do. I, I think that's right. You know, this week I had some uh, work, some of which was tedious. And the time went by and, um, you know, was difficult to work on it. And then I had some other things that were just remarkably inspiring to work on. Uh, they were exciting, different sorts of, um, you know, and as you know, it's no secret, I'm an attorney. And I had so I had two very interesting matters come up where, where I've been involved with the courts. And uh, I'll tell you. The time flies, and it's yeah. so much easier to work on those cases. Obviously, 
the question becomes how to steer more of my work and more of my life towards doing those sorts of, you know, that sort of inspiring work. And that's right. where I'm trying to take the lessons of Joshua to heart. Yeah. So how do you do that? How do you um, say, no, I don't want to do this work, even though it pays well, because to me, it's not fulfilling, exciting, and it's a drudgery. And I only want to work on these things. Can you limit yourself that much, you think? You know what? Not yet. But again, I think it's a learning process. And yeah. in terms of learning how, you know, what really inspires me, both in the law and otherwise. Right. Absolutely. Um, I've found now that when I, you know, after, so when Joshua came, it totally up, he, you know, upended my life. Um, and over the last few years, I've come from doing stuff that just to make money to only doing stuff that I want to do. So now I do Joshua, I play poker, I renovate houses, I cook, and I sell property friends. So, and all that stuff is stuff I love to do. And I just do not do anything else. There's nothing else that I do. And I've, I'm finding that money is just flowing in where it flows in. It might come from poker. It might come from real estate. It might come from, you know, a, a, I just did a catering event for a friend that was fun. All these little things come in and I'm not concerned about where the money's coming from, from any individual thing. I'm having this feeling that it's just going to come when it needs to come, which is a huge total transformation for me to get off this, oh, I got to know where the next, you know, $10,000 is coming from every time. That's really well, cool. That, that inspires me. I want to get to that stage. So where are you, Steve? Well, I'm, I'm at the stage where um, I'm really aware if the action that I'm currently doing is inspired or not. So mm, I, still, right. I still have a lot of, of what I would say residual, you know, like this, this weekend's a good example. I had to bring some, home, some work home that I'm going to have to do at some point that's, you know, that I have to have done before Monday morning. And so... Yeah. The, the challenge for me is, is, is I would like to be able to, to get to a place where I am inspired to at least do it and find some aspect of it that I can find something that would be challenging and I could, you know, just to kind of give it that little gleam. That says, okay, yeah, so let's figure cool. out if you can take stuff that you sort of think is going to be drudgery and all, you have to do it, right? Yeah. So you you got to figure out a, a way to make it so that there's something inspirational in there to do. What exactly do you got to do? Well, I have to, uh, we're diagramming a very complicated process that we have uh, from soup to nuts. So it's a marketing process. It's no, this is actually a, uh, a process uh, for collecting um, sales data for, uh -huh. for stores that go travel up. Oh, so, is, and it, it's, is it, it a bunch of stores or? Yeah, there's okay. 6,000 stores. So, <laughs> yeah, and it goes everywhere. It goes, you know, it's all over the place. So I guess what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to think, okay, what, uh, you know, what tool can I use and what, right. you know, what graphics could I use? And I'm going to try to do that angle to, to get it, you know, exciting for me. And is this a new project or something you've done before in the past? Uh, it's a well. It's an existing process, but I haven't uh -huh. hasn't been fully documented uh, ever. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can see how you know doing something new could be cool because once you figure it out, then you can apply it in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, but normally, um, if you would say what your passion is, what is that your passion? Then the um, time flies by. My passion that I uh, 
that I have found out, if you would have asked me a couple of years, I wouldn't have said it, but it's, uh-huh. it's this, it's this spirituality, it's, it's researching this. I spend my time searching for books and reading books on spirituality and finding YouTube channels and um, new channelers that are, uh, I think it's pretty cool that, uh, I bet you there's been channelers all throughout history, but they never got a platform to to come out and and now we, with YouTube you know it's 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 shocking how many there are out there so yeah it is right. shocking when I started I, I've doing got to this, tell you this is a passion yeah. for me too that's why I love doing this show with you Gary well that's why everyone is uh, on the show and everyone's listening to the show this is all our passion and when we're, and when we've talked about this many times is when we're doing this show this is the fastest hour of my week it's amazing how quickly this hour goes. Yeah, and I agree with Steve. I also, you know, I love reading Joshua's books. I love reading about the law of attraction and, and similar sorts of teachings. I love learning about how the energies of the universe work. This has really become a passion for me, and it's very different from my usual day-to-day, uh, what people consider to be my day-to-day existence. Right, me too. <laughs> and I, I would bet you that's true of, of a lot of us. You know, not a lot of us are sitting in yoga studios, um, you know, as vegans just blissed out all day long reading stuff like this, like monks are. We're normal people going through our everyday lives who have an interest in this. And for me, I actually want to, the, the interest that I have is not just learning about it, but how to put it into practice in your life and really leveraging these powers that are out there. You know, it's, it's, <clears throat> It's you know tricky. It's like I was thinking the other day as I'm driving by the airport. I've been in a plane. I understand how airplanes work, but could I fly a plane? And so we're learning that there is vibration. We're understanding how vibration works and how the powers of the universe work and the, the, the uh, mechanism of physical reality works. But can we actually now steer this? And that's what I'm really interested in is, is getting this practical information that really affects us. Um, right. I don't so, want it to just be a th- yeah. The idea right. of theory is is all well and good, but I want to be a you know I, I'm not a theoretical scientist. I'm more yeah. of an applied scientist. I also want to learn how to use these things to better my life and to better everyone's around me. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's what that's what we're doing here today. And that's you know when people read Joshua, a lot of people find it very complex. It really depends on your level of vibration. Some people see it's it's easy. My best friend couldn't get through the first chapter. Um, his wife, who is, you know, very uh, spiritual, she's gone to Abraham seminars with us. Um, she couldn't really. She thought it was very confusing. And then there's other people who see it as very simple and can easily understand it. So I think this program, when we talk about these subjects and how they relate to our lives, it helps people get even, a, you know. A, a deeper understanding of all all of it. Yep. Oh, absolutely. But, absolutely. Gary, I was going to say when we understand these laws and as we're practicing and reading more, we can understand the laws, but then actually applying them like we just discussed a little while ago is another thing. I, I noticed lately in my life, I've been applying it more. Like if I if it doesn't feel right to me, I've learned to how to say no. And I don't know if you guys have read about it or, or have conversations about it, but learning to say no is a very 
big thing, especially for me as a mom. You know, I'm a people pleaser. I have a lot of people counting on me. I'm here. I'm there. I'm volunteering at the school. I'm at work. I'm doing volunteer functions, you know, and I, I have really come to honor myself and my time. And if it feels right, if I'm inspired to do it, it's a yes. Yeah. If it doesn't feel right, then I honor that within me. And it's, and it's, I don't outright say no. I'm, I, I'm, Sometimes I do, but uh-huh. a better way to say it is, I'm sorry, that's not going to work for me. Yeah. And, you know, well, that it's is actually practicing this. Absolutely. That's, that's the practice putting into actual use. Because if you say yes to something you don't want to do, then it's not going to work out because it's just not inspired action. It's just going to be a very, you know, if, uh, ineffectual kind of action. Action. It won't yes. really do anything. Yeah. I agree. And then if it's something I have to do, um, like for instance, if I have to mop the floor, okay, right. then I choose it's okay. You can look at it like, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, right. no, what I do is I honor the mundane. I put on music, I fly around, do my little things and I make, I, I make it a happy occasion rather than a drudgery. I mean, it's what? all in how you look at it because That's we all right. have to do things we don't actually want to do. But if right. you honor the mundane and find something that makes you happy, music makes me happy. I pump mm-hmm. it through my house, you know. And- yeah. So I'm um, like my desk is a mess here. And I know at some point that I need to clean this desk up. So am I procrastinating or am I waiting to be inspired? <laughs> Probably both. Yeah. Just, I, I love the fact that uh, Abraham says it's okay to, if you're procrastinating, don't do it. It's like, right. it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of like gives you a, a get out of jail free card, you know? I think so too. And you sort of feel guilty about it. And when your wife comes over and says, What is this mess on your desk? I'm, I'm not inspired yet, honey. Sorry. <laughs> right. Play the Joshua card. Right. I, I think I the, only, the only difference is that, you know, sometimes. I find my, you know, I found myself in the past procrastinating about work matters that by the time I get inspired, it's negative inspiration. You know, it's been negative inspiration. It's like, okay, you've got to get this done and it's got to get done now. You know, you've got to do it under the most stressful situation imaginable and very quickly. Right. And well, I find I do my best work then, though. Sometimes. I'll have to say, you know what? yeah. And, and sometimes it's led to serious inspiration. You know, there was right. Richard, Richard yep. Pryor years ago did a routine after he had accidentally set himself on fire, uh-huh. uh, you know, freebasing cocaine. Right. And, his, his, and he was brilliant about making fun of his own life and his own travails. Sure. And, he, and he opened up the routine. Fire is an inspiration. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, so um, let's see what else Joshua has says here. That um, in this chapter talks a lot about your desire, and it took me a long time to realize, you know, what I really wanted to do. You know, when I was younger, I wanted to build a business and make money, and that was everything I wanted to do. So all my goals were towards that, and I went. Um, you know, I was really into um, motivation and Zig Ziglar and, um, you know, all those people and went to those seminars all the time and, you know, pumped myself out and went out and did stuff. But it was really, you know, I, I built this real estate company from, to me, my best friend and my father, 
to a hundred agents in three offices all over the county, just you know, doing millions of dollars in sales a month. And I have all this layer of stuff. And at the last month, it was funny. I've been in business for five years, and we had done two hundred thousand dollars in commissions that month. Um, and my profit was negative a thousand dollars. After all that, I lost a thousand dollars. After all that, so I'm like, this isn't working for me. So I built everything I wanted to build, and luckily, you know, a big real estate company came and bought me out at the time. But I had just done all this stuff thinking I was pursuing this dream of owning this business. But what I was really doing is I had this desire to prove myself. And and so one of the Joshua says is one of the most common, um, you know false desires is this desire to prove yourself worthy because you're already worthy. So I was trying to prove that I was worthy and I, I could, you know, could do this on my own. And I was doing all all this, you know, hard work and crap that I didn't want to do. Um, and it never turned into anything because I was following a false desire. Um, and that went on for a while really. And then it wasn't until, you know, on the side, I would always, renovate these houses and I would really make these houses really cool even even if they were small little houses and I loved doing that you know I loved taking something totally ugly and making it absolutely beautiful and then selling it making it the highest selling in the neighborhood so that that property would affect the values of all the neighbors around and the whole neighborhood would bring up everyone other people would start renovating their houses. It would really boost the neighborhood. The buyers were happy. The other realtor was happy. The title company, all those people working on, on that project made money and did well. And I enjoyed it because it was such a rewarding thing. But I always just did it you know, once a month or so here and there, never as my real job. Well, once you know, we had sort of lost everything, we went to an Abraham seminar in Asheville, which is the best one. It's a two-day seminar there. And in that seminar, a friend called me and said, I found this house, and I bought that house from North Carolina. And from then, just started doing that full-time, nothing else. And I had never made so much money. It was so easy and so much fun, and really doing it just a couple hours a day. And then I turned my passion, just worked out, because I never really thought that I could do that and make enough money. And it, it, was, it happened super quickly once I just gave into it. And it's, and it's so much more than just money, right? There's so many more facets of it that's rewarding for you. I think that's what the secret is. Well, in that case, the money was the side effect. So as Joshua says it all the time, the money is the side effect of your passion. If you think about focusing on the money, it's limited. If you focus on the, you know, doing the things you really want to do so it's not like work, in fact, to me, I would have done it for free. You know, the money just came as a side effect and the money turned out to be really good. That's the that's the secret sauce right there. Totally. Yep. That's right. In effect, okay. in effect, your hobby. Your Taking hobby your became, hobby, your hobby and, became your livelihood. And releasing yourself to the fact that you don't know where the money's going to come from or if it's going to come, but that the universe has to support you to do what you want to do. And I didn't really know that at the time. I just did it. You know, the same thing happened with Lily. So we get back from the seminar. We're walking down the street. In our, we just moved to a house in Palm Beach, walking down the street, this random street, which is the residential street, and a car, one car, there's only one car in this whole street, pulls up to us 
And out jumps her friend that she's known years ago, hasn't seen each other for 10 years. They get to talking, and she says she's been redesigning furniture at a very small scale just herself. You know, So she'll take a chair, strip it, lacquer it, put new fabrics on, and that's what she's been doing. And Lily says, I love that because she's really into HGTV and is a designer. And she goes, I want to do that. So literally, we came up with the name, we found the location, and we opened the store. This was three and a half years ago. Or, and uh, today it's a huge success. And she's only doing what she wants to do. That's wow. fantastic. No one could have ever thought that that would make money doing that either. Everyone was going, this is crazy. But it just, you know, the, we, we drove down the road um, in where we live in West Palm Beach on Dixie Highway, found a building, rented the building the next day, which is amazing. Didn't, didn't know any upholsterers, didn't know any painters, didn't know any um, uh, the guys that bring around the furniture. Uh, what are they called? Uh, they go and find the furniture and they bring it out, bring it um, to the store and sell it to her. Didn't know any of this stuff. How it worked, how it was going to do anything, just did it. And it all fell into place. It was amazing. You know? Oh, I love hearing stories like that. Sound, yeah. Sounds like you're way ahead of, ahead of me, Gary. I'm, I'm jealous. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, Gary, and I wanted to mention I was at the op, uh, ophthalmologist's office and uh, I was helping my husband pick out a pair of frames. And uh, we know him over the course of years, the gentleman that was helping us. So, you know, Tim says to, to Jim, hey, Jim, did you know Janine's um, uh, working on a radio show? She's one of, part of the roundtable. So he's like, what's, what's this about? Now, we know him for years, okay? Uh. We've never discussed anything like this. And so we tell him it's about law of attraction, that type of thing. All right. right. We, you know, Tim checks out. He leaves. I'm in my own car. All of a sudden, he follows me to the elevator. And he was like, um, he was telling me, speaking of you finding your passion and, 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 uh, and flipping these houses and doing what you love. He said, Janine, can I talk to you for a minute? I said, sure. He said, you know, I do this job be- because it supports what I really want to do. And I said, what's that that you really want to do? And he said, you know what? I love buying homes and, and using my talents and my creativity to, to re- redo them. And I literally like knock down and rebuild. And he said, I found this house in another state. I wasn't quite sure, you know, was this the right thing? And he said, I was just praying about it, you know, wondering if it was what I need to do. I'm walking through the house. And he said, there was a lot of like, um, obstacles in the way. He said he was walking through the house and, um, he said, please just give me some sort of sign. And uh-huh. he said, there was this old piece of furniture in the basement and he opened it and there was a newspaper in there with the, and only one newspaper. And it was the exact day that he was born. So is that a sign? <laughs> Whoa. That's amazing. And he just told me the story and here you're telling me about driving down the street and a friend popping out of the car. So, yeah. co- so we left it coincidence or not. There's I no call it not instances. Yeah. No yeah. coincidences. Right. That's amazing. Uh, that's a good story. Um, my best friend Rob was looking to buy a house in North Carolina, near near Asheville, and so he's he has some friends in the area, and they're driving around and looking at places, and he's got a realtor, and they're looking at places, and nothing's right, doesn't see anything, and so he just goes out by himself, and he's walking in this one neighborhood, and he looks at the top of this hill way up at the top of the hill and can see a peak of a roof above the trees. And so he just starts to walk up this hill. And then he gets um, to 
to like this entrance of the driveway. And so he starts walking on this driveway, but you couldn't really tell it was the entrance to the driveway to this house. So he just keeps walking, goes back and back, and he switched back and eventually gets to the top of this mountain, really, and finds his house that is halfway being built. So he, you know, it's under construction, but it looks like construction stopped. So he goes into it, walks around, and then comes back down. Then um, says, this is the house for me. I have to have this house. Well, there's no signs for sale or anything. He finds the court records, tracks down the owner, and the owner was these, um, just happens to be these two gay men from Florida, and calls one, and his husband or boyfriend or partner had just died. And so he was distraught, and they were in the middle of building this house for each other, and now he just happened to want to sell it, and and the um, the partner died the day he was walking on that lot oh my god <laughs> isn't hmm. that amazing and, oh my and no one could see this house it's invisible to, and if you go to it today you cannot see this house even though trees have been cut back there's just like no way you could find it i mean it's such a weird thing i think that uh, that he was just inspired to keep walking on this long windy driveway up this hill i mean it's i don't it's hard to walk this hill it's so far and it's so steep, you know. You can drive it. It's hard to drive it, actually, up there because it's really steep. It's just an amazing story, I think. And this house now, he's turned it into the most fabulous house you've ever seen. It's just this log cabin, just, you know, 5,000-square-foot gorgeous place right on the top of the hill with the, the most spectacular views in the world. Yeah. So, I mean, he was just inspired to do it. Most other people would, would, would have come to the start of that driveway and said, no, this is a stupid idea. But he just kept going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes sometimes we have to listen to that inner voice <laughs> we have to listen to it all the time i'm i'm telling you that there's communication going on and if you can be open and receptive to it you can feel it um so another thing joshua talks about is that when you take action that's not inspired you sort of screw up how your desire is manifesting and if you can see the broader picture of that, so you have a desire for something. So let's say, um, let's say, let's say that it, it was Rob looking for his house. So he has this desire to have a house, and if he just allows himself to be led, he will find the house. Right? It, it, he doesn't have to do anything; it'll happen. He may have to release some limiting beliefs about what's possible, things like that. But if he's, if he's allowed to do that, you know, allows himself to, to change, he will be led there. And so what he did was the usual thing. He went out with realtors. He, nothing clicked. He knew the houses weren't right. And so he allowed himself to just explore on his own, and he ended up finding the house. But sometimes you might want to take action. You might change your realtor. You might say, let's go look at 10 more houses, or let's do this, try to take action that, you know, doesn't, that moves you into a different direction. And now, you know, the universe is lining everything up, and when the time is right, it's going to inspire you to go walk up that hill, or inspire you to read a book, or inspire you to pick up the phone. Or in my case, you know, I've only been inspired to send out a couple of Joshua books to people, famous people, and 
you know, one was Jules Johnson, who's the president of the of the radio show, and that's why we have a radio show because I sent a book to Jules of inspiration. I don't even know how I. I think Deborah Joe actually found the Law of Attraction Radio Network and told me to send it to Jules, and I did. And the other one was Jeanette Ma, who has the Good Vibe blog, which is the number one Law of Attraction blog, who we've become great friends over the last year and a half that we've been you know, working together on that. So um, I think that you know, if I had – in my previous life, I would have bought you know, a thousand books and sent them to everyone all, all over the world. You know, to every single famous person there is, I would just force it and force it and force it, and I would have probably, you know, gotten a little bit more exposure or a little more press or whatever. But it wouldn't be the right, you know, way to do it. And I'm just listening to how it should be organically expanding through only doing things I want to do. I I like Joshua's example that he used with me. Like I'm into cars, and I would really love a Ferrari, right? Right. And, you know, I could right now go out, I could just, you know, get a second on the house and go get the Ferrari and put it in my garage, but it wouldn't be the same feeling, right? Because right. I'm looking for a lot more than just, I want to feel comfortable in it, I want it to, I want to feel like I can afford it, I, you know, right. there's so much more than just actually owning it, so, um, you know... Tell me how to, how to get the Ferrari in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Ferrari is coming. So what's happening is along the way, your beliefs, limiting beliefs that um, are keeping you from whatever, not keeping you, but you know, if a Ferrari doesn't exist for you, it's because you're not vibrationally matched to it yet. Right. But you are becoming a vibrational match to it if this is something you truly want. And I think a couple things is, is this a true desire? Well, for you, it is a true desire. Desire for me, it would be like a, stat, a status thing, and you can tell that the status thing is a false desire. But for you, a lover of cars, your dream car is a true desire, and so this true desire is coming to you in some form, and you can't even really see it because it could not. The Ferrari that you want may not exist exist yet, or even could be an antique Ferrari or. You know, some some maybe uh, retro Ferrari or something that's similar to a Ferrari. Um, you know, maybe it's not the Ferrari itself, but but another kind of car, even. Yeah. But whatever it is, you're you're allowing yourself to come up against manifestation events, and that will change you. And as long as you only act when inspired to act, I mean, you might. Um, well, I don't know what entails coming buying a Ferrari. I'm guessing you're going to need to come into a bunch of money. Yes, they, it, ninety <laughs> 99% of all Ferraris are bought with cash. So yeah, that's, okay, right. That's... No one's going to get a, a lease on a Ferrari. Right. <laughs> you might inherit it. You might. Yeah, something might happen. I, it does. I, hey, yeah. maybe one of our listeners will be inspired to name you in his will. Okay, let me give my information here. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe this process you come up with for tracking sales of 6,000 stores can be used not just for your company but for any other company and you design a whole website based on it and people just get to put their data in 10 seconds it all comes out and you lease this to other companies as well. There we go. They're I, done. Anything I, else? I look forward. <laughs> yep. Yep. So you don't know. So something may happen quickly. And you're just on well, your way to it. I kind of look forward to seeing how it's going to unfold. Right. 
case. And I was about to say, but you never know what you might manifest and what the future holds or how it's going to come. And uh, I think that, um, Steve, your thought process on uh, it, it's not just about the car. It's on a lot of different levels is, is an interesting one. And um, uh, honestly, I think you will have it. If, if you hold that desire in your heart and that's what you see and that's what you want, you don't know how it'll come to you, but eventually it'll come to you in just the right timing too. Well, Steve, when you started uh, your one-on-one program with Joshua, the very one of the first things was you wanted the specific motorcycle and you wanted to ride on a long-distance trip on it. Yep. And at the time, Joshua would say, "Well, you can go out and buy this motorcycle right now, but what you really want is, you know, your family to be happy with the decision to buy it, the, the timing to be right." So, tell us the story of how you found that bike. Well, let's. It's, I'll try to make it. I'll try to shrink it down, but I, it was interesting how as you're researching and you're finding out more and more about uh, the motorcycles and you're, you're, you kind of hone, you chip away and you hone, kind of like in the chapter he's talking about, you're sculpting. Right. Uh, so um, I, it, it was just, it was, um, it was like an, I would say an eight-month process probably. Um, and... Uh, I like I could have went out and bought it at any time, and I know that if I would have bought it uh, before that, I went out and actually found my motorcycle because the the one that that appeared, uh, and you know it was like a coincidence how I was how it how it came into my life. I became aware of it, and it was for sale. Uh, I didn't even know that that color combination existed, and uh, I had wanted. It's kind of like the top of the line bike. It's got a bigger motor. It's and this was, I wanted a used one because I, I could, you know, it would appeal to my uh, sense of, it was like half the price of a, of a brand new one. Mm-hmm. And right. it looked brand new. So I felt like I was getting a brand new bike for half price, had low miles. And I'm, I'm really into performance also, right? So the, I bought it from a dealer. And after I got it home, uh, I later found out that it had an aftermarket cam that this particular motor really takes to it's you know if you go on the forums they say oh this motor really needs this cam but it's like four thousand dollar option right uh-huh. and i'm like i found out that my bike already had it and it was <laughs> so it became right. even more it's like the universe knew exactly this this is the bike for steve and it was and once it came in it, the in, inspiration to get it was so strong it would be like strange not to get it Right. So it, it was, was the logical next step. Yeah, it wasn't. Knew it was come. Yeah, it wasn't like one of those things like, ah, oh, should I get it? Should I not get it? It was like, oh, I got to get this bike. There's, you know, so it and right. my family was happy with it, and I've I've taken some amazing trips on it so far, and and it's just, it's it all worked out perfectly. Then wasn't it like near your dad's house or something? Yes, it was. It, yeah. it was actually right, literally right down the street from my dad's house, and my my dad's the one that uh, he used to ride motorcycles when I was a kid, so. It was kind of a bond that we had. So it was kind of cool to be able to purchase it and just go straight up the street uh, from there and show it to him right off the bat. Yeah. So that was a special moment. Perfect. I've... So we'll all look forward to hearing how you um, how you gained your Ferrari, too. That, <laughs> your story in that. Exactly. That, if I could show my dad that, that would be awesome, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, when we were building this house, I... I'm a huge cook, and I always wanted a Viking range, but the Viking ranges are fourteen thousand dollars. So I plan to get this, you know, just conventional gas thirty-six inch range. Um, and so we're right in the middle of building the kitchen, 
and a friend goes to a salvage yard and says, you got to come take a look. They've just got this Viking range in there. And I go see it, and they had just removed it from a house that in Palm Beach where they built the house, they put in this kitchen, and the people didn't like the kitchen, so they removed the whole kitchen, put in a new kitchen. Well, this was a brand-new Viking range, never been used before, and it was um, $4,000 instead of oh. 14000 Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Only in amazing. Palm Beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can't have this. Yeah. It matched your vibration, Gary. I know. It was, like, perfect. That's amazing. Okay. And that appealed to me too. I mean, I I couldn't justify buying a fourteen thousand dollar range, but this you know one that's never been used before was right there four thousand dollars, and it was awesome. Okay, uh, well, let's go on to the question of the week. And before we do that, I want to talk to everyone and say that we are going on a Joshua cruise in March sixth through the tenth out of Long Beach. And it goes to Catalina and then to Mexico and then back. It's a four-day cruise. And there's going to be a whole bunch of speakers, including Pam Grout, the author of E-Squared and E-Cube, which are two fantastic books. Um, they're both experiments that you do to prove the law of attraction. Have you guys um, seen these, uh, these experiments? They're all over YouTube. They're really incredible. Um, you can go on YouTube and look at E-cubed experiments and see people doing these experiments. And one of them is is you take these coat hangers, you take two coat hangers, and I think you take two, like, um, toilet paper rolls, you know, those cardboard rolls there. You put the – you bend the hanger so it goes down the toilet paper roll and then straight out. So it's sort of like, you know, if you were divining for water, like divining rods, but you're not touching the coat hangers at all. They're just sticking out like straight little pins. And I think one of them is um, if you like, you say that the left is a no and the right is a yes. And if you um, lie or something, or you can talk and, and if you lie, it'll go to the left. Or if, you, if you're like headed, pointed in the direction of west and you think about Argentina, the hooks will move to the left, will move south. And if you think of Alaska, they'll move to the right. It's really interesting. They're all over there. But she's a great speaker, and she'll be there on there with us. And me and Janine and Steve are going. And Michael, we're going to try and get Michael to go. We're going to try and convince him that no one wants to be in New York in March. You'd rather be in sunny <laughs> South California, Southern California. Um, but anyone who wants to go, um, go to the LOA radio network homepage and you'll see a, of information about it. It's going to be a lot of fun and there's a whole bunch of great speakers. You can read about the speakers there. We're going to have some awesome workshops and we'll talk more about Joshua and Law of Attraction and all this stuff. And Pam Ground is a huge um, sort of celebrity in our you know, cottage industry here of Law of Attraction. So it'll be interesting to meet her. I can't wait to do that. But, but make sure they sign up and they click the Gary so that the radio, our radio show gets credit for this. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, of course, yeah. And then I'll be signing books. And um, there will be four books ready by that time. We'll have the third book, which is Health, Wealth, and Love out. We'll have Steve's book, which is Conversations with Steve out. And I'll be signing books and Steve can sign that book. And um, it'll be a lot of fun. Maybe we'll even have T-shirts. We're working on some T-shirts. I've never done a book signing. I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> I've never I had a book. Either. Oh, okay. So, Michael, if you would read Cassandra's question. 
and we'll get through as much of this as we can. My pleasure. Dear Joshua. Well, you know what? First of all, I hope, jo- I hope Cassandra's voice isn't as deep and nasally as mine. But <laughs> in, in, lieu, in lieu of trying to imitate a, a nice female voice, I'm going to right. read it in my deep baritone. Sounds good. Dear Joshua. I have always been interested in energy, law of attraction, spiritualism, and such. One thing I have always been told is that I have a lot of energy, and when I lay my hands on somebody, they say that they can feel my energy. They say it is very calming. I have my Reiki practitioner degree, but I have never been interested in practicing Reiki on people. I just thought I should get it. I work as an aesthetician, and I am having fun with that. Uh, actually, it's an aesthetician. Aesthetician, right. I'm sorry. Aesthetician, yeah, there you go. There we go. Once more, when I quiet myself and I'm without distractions, I can feel energy radiating from me. It feels like a pulse going outward from my chest. If I focus, I can direct the energy to my hands. My question is, what do I do with this energy? I am not sure I am the type to be a healer. It makes me feel a little uncomfortable to believe in someone's illness. Also, I get very bored when I do practice healing. I feel like I could do more with the energy, but don't know what. Maybe this energy that I feel is something everyone else has, but I don't think so. Is this a gift? And what do I do with it? And is the energy I feel from source, or is it my personal energy? Cassandra. So there she she has this talent, but... When she practices, you know, what she thinks is the use of her talent, Reiki, she's bored. So that is her indication that the action of practicing Reiki is uninspired. So let's go on and see what Joshua says. Okay. Dear Cassandra, the energy you feel is a gift, and you may consider it a type of gift as a talented singer or an athlete possesses. If you are a wonderful singer, yet you did not particularly like singing, We would say that it is not important for you to sing. The singing is part of something much larger. You want me to go on? Yeah. Yeah. We will start by reminding you that prior to your emergence into this physical plane of existence, you set up certain intentions. You intended to experience joy, freedom, abundance, love, passions, and interests. You also had one or two more specific things you wanted to explore. So you chose the time and place of your birth, your parents, your body, and certain features or talents. In your case, you chose to feel energy in a more pronounced way than most people. People with your special ability often go on to become healers or energy workers because it is the most obvious choice for them. They enjoy doing it because people generally enjoy doing things they are good at. However, you understand more about yourself, and this kind of mundane work does not interest you. You have other interests which are which are much more appealing. Okay, so a lot of times you get, uh, this is a really interesting part of the uh, paragraph or chapter on parenting and education and intelligence, where when you get praised for doing something well when you're a kid, like singing or acting or something, or whatever it is, or writing or whatever, um, you sort of tend to follow that thing you got praised for, even though it's something you may not be interested in. Um, so a lot of people just do stuff that they tend to be that they think they're good at because they're good at it, not because they're really interested in it. And in this case, she might have this talent, but she uh, obviously 
the the way she thinks she's going to use it isn't inspiring to her. And it's good that she it's good that she knows that. Right. She's uh, she has a better sense of herself mm-hmm. than a lot of people do already. Mm-hmm. So go on. Okay. Yep. Yeah. The purpose of your interests are to lead you in the direction of that which you intended prior to your birth. If you are interested in something, that will lead you to other interests and your passions. When you feel joy in anything you do, this is your indication that you have found a passion and it is what you intended prior to your birth. Excellent. Okay. Some people find their passions but deny them because they are insecure about them. They feel that they, are, they could never be good enough or that they could not earn a living doing it, or that others might think it's wrong or foolish to pursue. So they give up before their passion has a chance to unfold. Well, you know, this is talks to my passion for poker, is that most people, like my family, for instance, um, and my sister-in-law, a lot of people, and luckily not Lily, but most people think that it's just gambling and you're wasting your time and you're not doing anything with it and it's wrong for you to be you know, spending so much time, and how could you even sit there for eight hours and, you know, enjoy that? And, but if it's your passion, you must follow it. You can't deny it. And you, if you don't worry too much about it, you'll find how it reveals itself. And I've learned so much about myself through poker, about the law of attraction through poker. Um, and, you know, and, and I have the, some of the best friends in the world from playing poker. So um, if, if you think your passion's foolish or you can't make money at it, try to dismiss that limiting belief and just pay more attention to what you like about it. And just try to have fun. Right. Yeah. Okay. okay. Gary, can I just tell you, I did practice a little uh, Reiki and uh-huh. did hands, hands-on healing. And actually, most people wouldn't understand this, but it was at my church. and. Wow. Um, Long story short, there was a big group of us taking this Reiki class, and um, and they were just preparing us so that we can do hands-on healing. When we gathered in um, the rectory, there was a woman that they had laying on the couch, and they asked us all to take a turn to work on her. So everybody did. And um, when I worked on her, I can feel immense energy, and my hands were directly moved. I just, I basically was just the conduit. I just let anything flow through me and I was gently guided and my hands just roamed right around her stomach area. Later I found out that's where she had the cancer, but I was the only one in the room at the time that had that experience. So sometimes, you know, now did I go on and practice it? Absolutely not. But, but I also, but I also know that I have the ability should I choose to do so. Right. Yeah. And, and if that had been a real passion of yours, you've been led to, more books about it and, you know, having Reiki done yourself and things like that. And then so. I think because my mom's a Reiki master, so I understand. Oh, wow. About okay. That. Yeah. So wow. How about that? Right. And you, well, and you may right. use that and you may use that ability or that power in some other way. Absolutely. No re- and, and, and really that opens my, my um, perspective up that I, wow, you know, because I realized that, that I was just the vessel at that particular mm. time. And I realized I can apply that in many different areas. So it was wow. actually a wonderful learning experience for me at that particular time. And that was almost 10 years ago. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to put that out there. I like it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> what did you think about, um, what do you think about Tim playing poker? What do I, I think it's wonderful. I think uh-huh. I think it's his passion, and yeah. he 
he absolutely, I'm, I, I'm one of those wives, like normally people, um, there's people I know that he sees there. They're like, Oh, don't tell my wife you saw me here kind sure, of thing. I'm the, the one that's always sending him out. Go do your thing. You know what? He works so hard. He is such a great husband and a family guy and a friend. He is always on for everybody else. This is his downtime. This, and, yeah. and actually he's really great at it. And, um, he enjoys it and he comes home happier. So why not do it? And I encourage him to go out there, go, go, go do do your thing. You know, um, of course, if there's something more pressing or important, he knows that I don't even have to say, Hey, you know, whatever we have a performance tonight or we have a concert. He wouldn't even dream of going. Um, he knows his priorities and, but I think it's, I think it's a great thing. And I was recently at a poker party, Gary, you were there. And some of the people said, wow, I can't believe your wife actually sends you out to play poker. (laughs) Like, yeah, he comes back a better person to me and everybody else. So I wouldn't, I, the other day, a guy was saying to me while we're playing poker, he goes, wow, your wife must be really nice to let you play poker so much. And I said, well, she thinks I'm building a house for Habitat for Humanity right now. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> Not true at all. She knows what I'm doing. But, uh, yeah, he, he thought it was funny. Yeah. All right. We're all, let's, uh, we actually might get this whole question in by the end of the show today. Okay. Um, okay. Here it goes. Um, when thinking about what you would like to do, First, think of what interests you and then explore that. When you are doing the thing, you must ask yourself if it gives you any joy. If the answer is yes, then pursue it regardless of any fears you might have and delve deeper into it until it no longer brings you pleasure. There's nothing you have to do. Even if you've been given wonderful gifts, you have complete free will and you only need to do that which brings you joy. Right. So a lot of people would be confused by this if they're really good at something, but you know they have this great talent, but they don't really like doing it. Um, and they would think, well, geez, I should keep doing this thing, but you don't have to. You have free will to do whatever you want to do. And what's really happening here, I think, is that um, by her not being interested in this, it's leading her to something much bigger that she's going to find out by exploring what she's interested in. Yes, and she doesn't have the per- perspective to see it. So it, it makes it life right more exciting, right? It's yes. like, wow, it surprises you. Yeah, so just follow your interests, and that will lead your passions, and follow those passions until they get boring or you don't like them anymore, and that will lead to something else. And you, lo- you change every time you go through an experience of following a passion, and you get, raise your vibration and get to you know, higher levels of that. Okay? Okay. This is your personal experience, and you can be, do, and have whatever you want. You are the only one that matters in this reality. You decide what is good or not, and what you prefer or not. So start exploring and see where your interests take you. Don't worry too much about the money side of anything, because the universe will bring you what you need, when you need it, as long as you allow it. All of your energy, all of your inspiration, all of your power, everything comes from Source. You are tapped into the power of the universe unless you are pinching off that power by not allowing it to flow. You have no more healing energy than anyone else. You were simply born with the talent to allow it to flow more than most. You are loved more than you imagine. Now go out and have a little fun, Joshua. (laughs) So that last (laughs) sentence there, you have no more healing energy than anyone else. You simply were born with the talent to allow it to flow more than most. So we all have that energy in us. Um, we're just some of us are just restricting it more or less than others. 
Or less aware of it. And, or less aware of it, exactly yeah. right. Yep. Right. I and love how made... they end with, now go out and have a little fun. Yeah, I know. I, I like that, too. Life too seriously. Exactly right. Have fun. Because fun is your indication that the action you're about to take is inspired. If it's That's fun, right. you should be doing it, right? Right. Be and in fact, if she Yeah, and in fact, if she went down the path of trying to use her, you know, use this particular talent and she weren't inspired, she might find herself, get, you know, she might find that energy being cut off where all of a sudden it just isn't working anymore. Yeah. It's called bur- we, call it, we call it burnout. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or she, you know, um, or she might just keep trying to make it work doing this and make a career out of this and, and it never really works out and she's never having fun. And, you know, but maybe she even gets into a place where she has clients and she's making money, but she's sort of stuck in it now because she's, you know, she's gotten successful enough at it. She can't quit. Right. Whereas whereas it might be something that every now and then she wants to bring out because it's something that she loves to do on occasion at, you know, at her wish and desire for a family member or a friend, Mm -hmm. what have you, but pursuing something much more, much more inspiring for her. What I think is going to happen from this answer is that she's going to just release her worry about it, start following an interest and passion, and then that energy is going to show up in a way that works for something else that she had no idea about before. Because from her limited perspective, she can't see where this is all going. It'd be nice to check in with her in like a year and find out how this played out. I was thinking the same thing, Steve. We'll do that. This question was written about a month ago. So I will... um, Maybe send her a little email and see what's happened since then. You know, get you an update, and we'll yeah. we'll have it next week. Well, you guys, we've come to the quick end of another great program. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Um, these quotes and the questions of the week are on the website. Also, please sign up to the website, which is um, the teachingsofjoshua.com. And you can get on our mailing list, and once a week, you just get the newsletter. That's all it is, one time a week, the only time you ever get emailed anything. It's totally free, but it's fun to see the pictures and and, uh, read along with what we're talking about. You guys have a wonderful weekend. I can't wait to see you again next week. We're just at the end of our time here, so I'll say goodbye for now. Okay. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Talk to you later, everybody. Thank you. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable with Gary Temple Bodley. We will be back next week with another fun discussion. If you would like to ask Joshua a question or read more of Joshua's teachings, please visit us at theteachingsofjoshua.com. See you next week.